You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. With your host, Nate Thomas, Michael Winsett. So, Andy, Andy so. couldn't make it f- with us tonight. Nope, so, not tonight. Yeah, had some things going on, so. What's up, dude? What's up, brother? Nothing, it's late. It is late, and it's raining outside. It's going to start snowing. It's about to start snowing. Work's going to suck tomorrow, but. Let's see, this is February 16th. We're supposed to get, like, what? They're calling, I mean, who knows? They're saying four to eight inches or something like that. Who knows, man? You, you, you know, I mean, I'll tell you the weather whenever no I one, wake up <laughs> and no, I look outside. No, no one's getting eight inches around here. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Four inches and a half a pack of Rolades. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I like, could go deep into this, but we I'm not got, going to. <laughs> I already got the phone call from my kid's school while we were recording our show. Right. Yeah. They've they already canceled. canceled it. And it's just raining right now. So, which is means it's going to end up freezing yeah it's not going to be good yeah so i mean i'm i'm hoping they're wrong but we'll just see you know it is what it is I mean, they're we'll usually wrong about something but yeah i i don't want 10 inches of snow i can tell you that much no we got a we got a tournament coming up this weekend and yeah i really don't want to mess with that yeah it's a tournament i enjoy doing um by the time everybody hears this it's already gonna have happened so yeah i i can't really like promote it promote it but it's the Midwest Wildlife yeah. Coyote Tournament, yeah, third do. annual, I believe, and it's usually a great time. Uh, <clears throat> Midwest Wildlife does a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan and his his folks. Yeah, they put on a they put on a good tournament. They have a you know 
a lot of uh, different sponsors that throw in a bunch of good you know raffles and stuff and they always have a good meal and yeah it's, it's pretty well run so <clears throat> yeah last year they had 96 teams curious to see how many they have this year yeah we'll see did they move spots no, it, I, I don't think so. Same location? I, uh, I haven't looked at the address yet, but I don't think they did. I think they're getting an outdoor okay. uh, tent. Okay, because I know last year it was kind of an issue because, I mean, there oh, was, was a packed, lot. Of, it was, it was packed, man. It was packed. It was standing room only. So, I mean, you were yeah. shoulder to shoulder with everybody. So, yeah. hopefully they got that remedied. But if not, we'll just do what we got to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I, I think it's at the same place, but I honestly haven't looked at I know at it's the on thing. the same road. But then it uh, probably I, is. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. cool. Still an awesome event and uh anyway, we're planning on doing that. We did some <laughs> done we did some uh thermal hunting last weekend. Yeah, we've done we've last weekend and the weekend before we did, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but we've done a little bit here and there. So had one of the funniest damn videos I've ever seen in my life <laughs> happen last weekend. Yeah. At your yeah. expense. It was. And it I mean it was just a total <laughs> f up whatever you want to call it uh, i just got super excited because like we've done this before where the countdown the countdown and i always go late so i'm like i'm not going late this time <laughs> so the countdown <laughs> is you know like most people who coyote hunt have probably done countdowns with their their folks and yeah it's, like we go from three so it's three two one bang <laughs> right and it, it's fine and we had already shot a dog or a coyote uh, before this one. Yeah. And we had moved on the same property. We had moved up. And uh, another dog comes in just barking its ass off. Yeah. And it's not com- going to come in. I've already shot at it once. You had? No, no, no. No, that was the first shot. Are you sure? Yeah. That video was the first shot of that dog. Uh, maybe. Okay. It was. Sure. It was. Okay. And, uh, so we're like, yeah, we just need to shoot it, shoot it there. It's not yeah, coming it, in. Yeah, it knew something was up. And yeah. give it the gear that we have. We're lucky enough to, you know, have a brother-in-law and a friend, Russell, that <laughs> mooch off of him. That we, yeah, we mooch off him when it comes to night hunting because he's the one that's got all the setups. But his thermals, they're they're just a little bit older. You know, he's had them for a while, and they don't have the range finder uh, yeah, thing. Right, so right. we don't know. And the thing about hunting at night, unless you have a range finder on your thermal, you have no idea how far away these dogs are. I mean, it's you really can, hard to determine. It's very hard yeah. to determine how far. So you can kind of guess, but you know, yeah. it, it's it's hard. So so we're like, let's do let's do a countdown. Yeah. And actually, check out our Instagram page. There's a video. <laughs> uh, I think I did a reel on it. Yeah. We did a reel on it. And it's a it's a thermal video, so if you want to go watch it, <coughs> go find the thermal video. And uh, Russell is recording with this scanner, and you hear three, two, bang! <laughs> and immediately after that, you hear me say some curse words. Yeah. Then Russell what says the- some, <laughs> and then Micah. We got a hair trigger on that thing, <laughs> which it does have a hair trigger. I mean, it's just it's not a gun. I'm. I've, I've shot it, you know, three yeah. times or whatever. So it's not my personal gun. I'm not yet used to it. And then but my, I mean, to be honest, that's an excuse. I, I, I just, I, I got excited. I didn't want to go late. And I ended my, up going way too early. Then my buddy Dusty's in the background. Just got to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. What did I get going on? He hadn't, uh, he hasn't been night 
hunting yet. Right. Of course, it's, this is only the second year in Missouri that yeah. it's legal. But he hasn't been yet. And so this was his first time, I guess you'd call it, mm-hmm. night hunting. And uh, he's just watching this shit show unfold in front of him. <laughs> and uh, right after I get done yelling at you, I'm like, dude, the dog, he's not gone. He's coming. He's back. He's still there. And, I, shoot, uh, I know I shoot again at him. You shoot again at him. Miss. Miss. I think you shoot. Don't you shoot? No, I, I didn't shoot till Russell and I shot. Okay. And then I was cussing at you the whole time. That's true. Yeah. That's right. And then Russell shoots at him, misses. And then you both shoot and. Yeah. I mean, this dog got shot at like six times. Six times. And he still stayed within seven yards. So I'm assuming we were shooting over him or something. I don't know yeah. how it worked. It ended up being he. Because I mapped it out. He was 250 yards away. So at night, that's a long shot right there. And we're shooting two two threes. So, I mean, you know, it was a little breezy. I can't no, remember. No, it was but. still. Was it? Oh, yeah. Remember that's the, right. Yeah, yeah, it was very still. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, so, you know, mark it up. The dog ended up dying. Nathan or Russell ended up shooting him. You might have, y'all might have got a double tap on him. I can't remember. Yeah, who knows? But you know, the dog ended up dying. So <laughs> yeah. that's all that matters. It was, it was just, it was hilarious. Really, more than anything. Yeah, and then I mean, we went through to a few other spots. One we had a dry set, and then the next two spots we went to, we walked in on dogs, and it just didn't work out for yeah. us. So yeah. we either it was a fun night though. It's it, it's it, enjoyable. It is. I, I mean, I'll say I like daytime hunting better. Just for the rush of it, I think it's a little more exciting. Gets my blood pumping yeah. a lot more. But nighttime, it's it's still awesome. Yeah. It's fun. They're they're different. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, we actually are hoping to have. I can't guarantee it yet, but we're hoping to have a, a little. I'm not going to call it a mini series, but a series. Uh, not no, not a series. A series of podcasts. <laughs> a uh, few episodes. A few episodes in a row that we're going to talk about like the different types of. Of coyote hunting, even the different types of night hunting. Yep. If we can uh, line up some guests. Yep. No, so, I think that's a good idea. Anyway, let's let's talk about today's show. Yeah. Today we have <laughs> our returning guest and, you know, friend of the show, really. We've uh, been in contact ever since we've had him on the first time, uh, Ted Bright. Uh, he comes on and just kind of goes through his whole season. He had a lot going on. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to even, you know, scratch the surface, so – just catching up with Ted. Yeah, catching up with Ted. We'll Ted had him. a lot happen this year, uh, last year. Yeah. Had this some, last season. God, I yeah. hate trying to explain Had some ups, that. some downs, yeah. you know, some first, and all in between. So, yeah. he comes on. Uh, but before we get into it, we probably should mention our sponsors a little bit. We should. You know, to, on today's show, we got our uh, partners with us, uh, Huntworth Gear. Awesome, awesome company. Uh, if you guys want to save 15%, you can use the code MWW15. Can't decide what I'm wearing this weekend. I'm split myself. But yeah. I think I think I've, I just checked the weather. If it stays what it's going to stay, I know what I'm going to wear. It's supposed to be high 37. So I know what I'm wearing. High of 37. Yeah. So that means it's going to be pretty cold. It's gonna be the, is it going to be windy? I think nine, nine miles an hour or something like that. So I know what I'm wearing. I think so, I'm going to go with my Holton. My, my late season stuff. I can't talk about what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll go with my late season stuff. There you go. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, save yourself 15%. You will not be disappointed. We have, you huge, know. Huge fans of their stuff. Huge man. fans of their, of the stuff. Huge and now fans they've of got freaking solid colored pants. They do. We just got some solid colors and they are awesome. I need to, I'm going to buy like five more because they're probably going to just be my everyday pants. Tan, tan solid colored pants. Yep. Yep. Enjoy them. 
Sweet. Also, we have uh, Alps Outdoors. So, you know, we use them every weekend. One <laughs> of us is running one of their packs all the time. So go check them out. Missouri, Missouri-based company. So they do great stuff. They have great. They got all kinds of dudes. Yeah. I'm going to get a uh, new bladder this year from them because my bladder is a two liter bladder, Mm -hmm. which I usually don't go through. Right. But it's always nice to have the. the But I'm like, everybody else has a three liter bladder, I've noticed. Right. And they've got a a system that makes it. Mine leaks. Oh, does it? uh, My little thing. Oh, yeah. They're called my little nipple. Yeah, the nipple, (laughs) the straw. I don't know what you call it. It leaks on my pack now. Yes. I've had that packed for five years, but it pisses me off. Yeah, maybe time to upgrade so, that. They, I, got, I mean, this, they have it all. Yeah, if yeah. you and actually, if you guys, sc- <coughs> if you just go to Alps Outdoors and then you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, it'll take you because they have a few. They're under a few different names. They have Alps Outdoors, Alps, Alps Mountaineering, Mountaineering, Browning, and there's Cedar Ridge and Cedar Ridge. Yeah. So they got different things than all of those. So, you know, yeah. it's not just Alps Outdoors. So whatever you need camping-wise or hunting-wise, they, they pretty much got you covered. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and last, then. Uh, go ahead. Well, you're the you're you're the, the host of the show. I'm sorry. Okay. I last stepped on your not, toes. Definitely not least. We got our buddy <laughs> Dustin with uh, Habitat Works. So if uh, it's perfect time to get him out there and uh, get some Habitat work done. If you don't want him to do it, he can at least come out there and he can be an open book for you and uh, tell you what you should do. You can sit there and write notes and ask him as many questions as you want. Uh, I know I'm getting ready to have him out. Probably It'll probably be March when I have him out, but he's going to come out to my farm and we're going to go over things of what things I need to do to, you know, better better be a better steward of the land and yeah. get it to its full potential. He's a wealth of knowledge. Follow yeah. him follow him on his Instagram, uh yeah, Hab- he, Habitat Works. He does a lot of like videos and mm-hmm. he, he did a video the other day that was eight minutes long. I really, watched I watched the entire freaking really thing. Really informative. Yeah. I did too. I was actually driving but I was listening to him while I was talking. Talking about how like beautiful <laughs> sycamores are, you know, yep. that sort of stuff. And yep. um so if you do call Dustin and Habitat Works, uh mention you heard about him on our show. He'll give you fifty dollars off a site visit and a hundred and fifty off a visit and plan. Um, if you mention him, so you can save some money on getting some of that done. He specializes in timber stand improvement, forestry mulching, prescribed fire, yeah. you know, mapping and planning, like we just said. And, and uh, he and pretty he, much will cover like a, a 250-mile radius around St. Joe, Missouri, which yeah. is where he lives. If you're in Missouri, you know, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa. Iowa, Nebraska, give him a call. He'll at least be able – if he – I'm sure he probably knows somebody that if he, if you're out of his range, he could probably point you in the right direction. Like he said on his show with us, we'll work for food. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. He, and like and also, he doesn't just do plants. He will come out and he will do the work for do you. The work, yeah. You know, if it's something that you're not capable of. So yeah. So give him a holler. Uh, his number is eight one six seven five two seventy three ninety, or shoot him an email at habitatworksllc at gmail dot com. Check him out on his Facebook page. You know, if you just search Habitat Works and same thing with Instagram. Yep. So you can get a hold of him different ways. If you can't get a hold of him, get a hold of us. Or you call the wrong number, get a hold of us. We'll get you in contact with him. Yep. Not a big deal. Yep. But let's appreciate get all of our sponsors. We couldn't do this show without them. Absolutely. Uh, they're all awesome. We we love working with them. Yep. You ready to talk to Ted? 
Let's have a let's have a head TED. I've been wanting to say. <laughs> Is this a dad joke? Do I get to? Yeah, you got to take Andy's spot, I guess. Let's have a TED talk. Let's have a TED talk. All right. All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight is our buddy Ted Bright. Ted, what's going on, man? Howdy, fellas. It's been a minute. Uh, a lot. How are you guys? It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it has been. I appreciate you having me on, and look forward to catching up. Yeah, we're excited to uh, to you know talk to you again. I mean, we've kept in contact here and there through social and things like that, and uh, that's a nice looking little setup. You gonna do some coyote stuff? You gonna kill a few dogs with that? Uh, I went out once, but haven't, uh, man, now I feel bad. I derailed the conversation. Hey, okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. He's showing us, uh, he's showing us his, uh, his, uh, little toy he's got. Yeah. We'll say a toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, uh, piece for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I did go out once and we had some pretty good sets. Felt like we had favorable conditions, but we didn't see a single thing. Is this uh have you coyote hunted before or is this your first go at it or I usually go once or twice a year and I have I not been very successful. I I called one in for my son one time and he nailed it and we he should have been a double but it wasn't but yeah. With one only, <laughs> only have one gun, you know, but uh so I, minimally. It is fun, but man, I admire I love watching you guys. You guys produce at least a dog every weekend right we try to we try to now did you see our latest video <laughs> at night i did not uh, you need to go watch uh I, right, I don't make him right. do it like right here on the show <laughs> no let's not do that uh, do it play by play you need to go watch our last one it's a uh it's a night video so our brother-in-law is holding the scanner and uh there was a mishap with the countdown <laughs> I got I got a little excited and I'm a little trigger happy. Yeah, I got a little trigger happy. Yeah, you know, usually the countdown Ted goes three, two, one, bang, right? Yeah, naturally. This countdown went three, two, bang. (laughs) 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 Barely made it to two. Operator error. (laughs) But you need to go listen to the commentary on that one. So yeah, get on our social after this, and it's a pretty recent video. It was was pretty funny. It was all my fault. I mean, I definitely. I don't know what happened. I just got really excited. I, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, yeah, things tend to go to hell pretty quickly in the dark, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So we're actually going to talk about deer hunting tonight. But, uh, you know, Ted's a returning guest. We had him on, you know, last year at this point, And we've actually been meaning to catch up with him several times. Um, and uh, for one reason or another, we haven't. And um, mostly because we just, like, he's he's reliable. Like, I know he's there. And then I... Uh, something else comes up, but he had him, himself quite a year um, as far as deer hunting goes in multiple states. So um, before, though, we do get into that, um, for the folks who haven't listened to your show before, once again, I, I screwed up and probably should have yeah, looked up. Look those up before we have them on. Yeah, I usually, you know, think about it and then I forget about it. Um, but he had a pretty awesome episode with us uh, when we were a pretty new show. Um back in 2020 i think at this point but go back and listen to that one really good show um 
But for anybody who doesn't remember that show or, or has listened to you before, why don't you introduce yourself right quick? Um, you know, who sure. you are, where you're from. And Yeah, uh, my name is Ted Bright, and I am from uh, outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I sell commercial printing presses for a living at a company, local company here in St. Louis. And uh, dedicated father, youth mentor, hunter, and uh, all of the above. And, uh, of course, archery hunting is the single passion that I hold on to that I will make absolute priority, you know, whenever I get uh, personal time for myself. Hey, I, I did it. And the rest of the year, you know, as much scouting and turkey hunting as possible. Yeah. Hey, if you want to listen to Ted twice, you should listen to this show with him and then go back to episode number 26 with him. That was uh, an awesome. Is that where we talked about going into his bedroom? and killing yep. him Yeah, you killed, what yep. was it, like 10 days into the season or something like that, if I remember right? It was early. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But, yeah, September 25th. Yeah, That's went exactly into his right. bedroom and – uh like played the wind perfectly based on how he would come up off that up the hill or down the hill. I can't remember what it was. You were on the top. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, acorns or something. Yeah. That guy right there. Yeah. He turned out yeah. really good. Yeah. It's a good looking skull, man. There's something about eight pointers, man. I just, I got a thing uh, for him. I love a nice, good eight. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now this when year. When we get to that point, I'll have to, uh, get my Kansas buck rack out of the freezer for you guys. Definitely, we'll have to do if that. you can. Yep. Yeah. This year, dude, you kind of went all over the place. Um, like a, I guess from a whitetail standpoint, kind of a full year. Um, you went to Wisconsin first. You also were in Kansas, and obviously in Missouri. You hunted Missouri. Is this the first time that you've hunted three states in a year, or have have you done that prior? Uh, three. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the first time for three. Uh, well, no, when I was younger, I hunted, uh, Maryland and West Virginia and Pennsylvania on the regular. And then, you know, hunted Colorado. And, uh, so that, there's been a couple of the years, but it has been a while. Right. Okay, cool. So your first trip this year was up in Wisconsin. Yeah, we went up there with the uh, uh, Dan Infault put together the uh, what did he call it the not, not the public land challenge, but a similar concept. And so, so it's we not it's Fort n- McCoy. Yeah, it's not that one like the 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 hunting public go to every year. It's not that one. Right, it's not that one. Okay, but yeah, same. But like you said, same challenge. concept. Get a big group of guys together, go hunting. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all stayed at the same campground, and uh, we all produced as much video as possible. And it was uh, at Fort McCoy, as Dan was the you know Dan was the primary content creator for that hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know it, it was pretty cool. It was tough. You know, it was typical. What, I think it was like first weekend in October or last weekend in September, something like that. It, it was. Uh, you know, not an easy hunt. Their acorns were the key for sure, and so they had know, a good year. The, yeah, well, no, I wouldn't even say that. It, it was almost like it was uh, 
about 1,100 feet of elevation and above, the white oaks were very thick with dropping acorns. And below that, there was nothing. And some of those ridgetops, even above 1,100, wouldn't have anything. It was very specific to white oaks. And again, there were like groves that were super concentrated. So it was, if you found that, then you, you were, were in, in deer. Right. And uh, that was not easy to find, though. Didn't I lucked it? out and walked right into that. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of seem like a common theme this year? I've heard that multiple times that acorns just in certain areas were just uh, just exploded. And so the deer didn't have to go find ag or, you know, move much because they just sat there and ate their acorns. Um, I heard that in Missouri from multiple people as well. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I mean, it's such a localized thing because like here – in my uh, local area, I thought that the acorn mass was just kind of like mediocre across the board, like very equal in, in almost every area. Uh, but yeah, up there in Wisconsin, that was definitely not that way. Hmm. Very isolated, but concentrated. Nice. So take, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, to me, acorns are the biggest external factor outside of direct deer activity. You know, it's like the biggest impact to it in the you know october month for sure yeah yeah once they start rutting all, all that kind of that go, it all flies out the window <laughs> yeah um the proverbial shit kind of hits the fan and you never know really what to expect but when you're trying to pattern them or figure out what they're doing prior to that yeah that definitely is a factor that you got to try to deal with and, and especially i'm guessing when you went up to wisconsin was that the first time you had been to that area as far as hunting wise. Uh, and you know, how did you approach that? And especially this is just me. Maybe you're different, but if I got to go and hunt with Dan Infault, I'd be so freaking intimidated that I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like just, I don't know what to do with my hands, follow him around like a puppy (laughs) and not, not even use my own head. So like all these different uh, factors I'm, I'm thinking in my mind for you right now before hearing the story. Um, like how did you handle all, all that right up front? Uh, well, is it, it was the second time I've hunted. I've been in camp with Dan. Okay. I, I went to the public land challenge in Michigan with the THP crew and, mm-hmm. and fall and the whole crew. And, uh, so it's just like any other camp, you know, except for, you know, the guys that are going out there are, uh, you know, going to be all serious hunters that are going to be hunting just as hard as you are right. for the most part. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes things just, uh, it's not always all about how, how good you are. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just, if like you said, Nate, early, if you're just sitting still, good things can happen. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, it can happen, uh, but, you know, a, a good skilled hunter will put himself in favorable positions and situations more so than somebody that isn't as serious about it. Or yeah. I think it's a confidence thing too, it. right? Like uh, sometimes, and this is just me personally, I'm not really speaking for Micah or anybody else or Ted even, but there's times that I don't think I'm as a good hunter. Right. Like I think, man, I don't know shit. I've got so much to learn. There's, I'm not, sometimes I think you're better than you think you are, you know, that sort of stuff, or you're not as good as you think you are one way or the other. But 
Um, it, so comparing yourself to other hunters is probably a, a poor decision in the first place, but, um, it definitely would like put the pressure on you, I guess you'd say almost to know that you're with probably some pretty smart dudes. I mean, you know, I've watched almost every video Dan's ever done or been in and some of the stuff he's mentioned or talked about, I'm just like, man, what a, that's so smart. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought of that right there in that situation. And, uh, yeah, so it'd probably be pretty fun. Um, how did, I mean, how did that hunt go? I mean, how long was it? You know, how did it all go with you? Yeah. So yeah, I echo your thoughts. Dan Infault is a stone cold killer and he's, uh, he's enjoyable to share camp with. He's enjoyable to converse with not just about hunting about life. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at the public land challenge a couple of years ago, it freaking rained its ass off like the whole t- entire time, except for the last couple of days or something. And Dan and I would, uh, have coffee together in the mornings and it was kind of, you know, coffee with Dan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the Fort McCoy hunt to answer your question was, uh, I don't know. We were up there for a week give or take probably, you know, like five days of four or five days of hunting, something like that. And, uh, nobody was really, uh, nobody was all into deer consistently the whole entire trip. Uh, everybody kind of got into them here and there a little bit for the most part, I think, but it was really tough, especially earlier in the hunt. And, uh, I, like I said, before we were talking, I, I'm the only one that, that had an opportunity at a decent buck. Uh, and, and it was not a large buck by any means to me, you know, from uh, as a Missouri deer standard, I should say an Ozark deer standard. Uh, that thing was huge. You know what I mean? Body wise. <laughs> right. Oh right. man, I'm shooting this thing, especially with how everything's going. And, uh, uh, so like Dan and uh, you know, I got video footage of it and everything. Uh, I had uh, Josh Swinebarger in the tree uh, videoing for me and 14 yards, you know, got a got great uh, footage of the shot and everything. And I just hit a little bit far back, you know, on a steep angle shot. And uh, I, I, it was, I guess I was just behind the lines and it was not by much, but I did uh, hit back. And, uh, that deer ran, it bolted and he, about a hundred yards in, we thought we heard him crash. You could hear it on the video mm-hmm. and he must've just plowed through a tree or something. Uh, but we did not find that deer. And I got, I even brought a dog in that, uh, he couldn't get in there till the next evening, but, uh, we, we tracked all over through that place and that deer uh, well, I'm, I can't say it lived because the deer did not live because I definitely hit it in the stomach. Right. And uh, we did not find it, though. We took it up to the uh, property boundary in a few different places. and No luck. To no avail. Dude, yeah. um, what brideheads are you shooting? Just Are you shooting? Uh, are you a heavy arrow guy or what are you? what's your uh, setup? I was like 600 grains last year yep. and shooting a, a kudu. The uh, Kudu Contour 125. So that should do damage. Yeah, it's single bevel. Yeah, I've had uh, tremendous uh, success with those. Uh, the amount of deer that I have seen, uh, you know, crash in sight 
has gone up dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, sometimes it just it it happens, right? I mean, well, your shot your shot reminded me of my deer last not last this season, but 2020 season that I hit back mm-hmm. just behind the lungs, and I was it was a really steep shot as well. Um, he was like five yards straight of what I felt like was straight down, and so I hit him as far as up and down almost perfectly on the front end but when it exited it exited right in front of his back leg so i mean that's how steep the shot was and the only reason i recovered that deer i hit him back like you said in the stomach maybe some guts specifically the stomach and uh, well definitely the guts as it exited the backside. and the only reason i saw that deer is i got lucky enough that i watched that deer peel off out of the timber and run 400 yards across a bean field and then towards another very small patch of timber and we immediately backed out and my only hope was i hope that deer is in that little patch of timber in the morning um because there was not an ounce of blood we found i found a little bit of blood at the site and that was it man like no blood and so the next morning you know 14 hours later or whatever it was we go out and he happened to be dead right there in that little 10 yard swatch of timber he was running towards and even in his bed dead, he had no blood. It was just, he was yeah. full of blood, but he wasn't. And what happened was the arrow actually pulled intestines through. Yeah. And so it just plugged up and he didn't bleed, man. So if we would have pushed him or anything, your your chances of finding a deer like that are so small. Uh, that was just My straight deer, luck, yeah. I think. You know, your unfortunate situation was you were probably searching all through timber for... Oh yeah, a deer probably. I don't know if he was bleeding much or what your situation was, but that that makes it hard. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it was, it's just it's tough dealing with. Yeah, it's never easy. Everybody always tells everybody else, you know, it's part of bow hunting, and it is, but it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> doesn't make it. Happens. Yeah, it still sucks every time it happens. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it make does. it more it fun does. when you go to bed at night and. At least I do, and I'm sure you do, Ted. I, I think we know you well enough to know this, know you as a person that it bothers you that you did that to an animal that, yeah, we want to kill these animals. Don't get us wrong, right? But I also love them more than any animal that walks the face of this planet, most like, you know, other than my dog and maybe some elk, right? Like, we don't yeah, want to, we that. don't want to see them suffer. That's not the, that's not what we want. And so yeah, I'm sure it, it's not fun, you know, going to bed at night afterwards and, thinking about like what could have been where did he die especially when you didn't get to close the book right like mine i got to close the book the next morning thankfully and you know it was not fun to know that he suffered all night long he probably died maybe an hour before we got there he was very fresh as far as his death so that means that means he suffered for 13 hours probably um you know not the kind of kill you want but at least i got to close the book you know, you're you're kind of at that point, just like, man, what happened? Where'd he go? You know, just all these things that I'll probably ask that question on a deer I lost a couple of years ago for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. Yes, sir. Because I just don't think that uh, wild animals feel that. Right? They don't feel. Uh, nothing wild ever felt sorry for itself. Right. No, that's true. We, we as humans try to associate this, like 
this suffering feel, but they don't, that's not how they think. They just think don't they, die. they don't, don't have die. the ability to, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's not even a conscious thought, you know, they just don't have the ability to do that. Uh, so I, you know, I just think that this is, I wish that's a good, it's a comparison that I wish people wouldn't use. Cause it kind of, it just paints an unfair picture for what hunting is. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we tend to put our human emotion into everything we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's just, and, we, we, we think deer think the same way we do. We think our dogs think the same way we do. I mean, you know, all those things, yeah. when they don't, I mean, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't make me like not think of it that way any better because I, I go back to it, but, uh, you're right. I mean, all that deer was thinking that whole night was, man, that hurts. I got to find some water or don't die. You know, what, what's wrong? Figure this out, you know? And then of course, eventually yeah. it just dies. Um, yeah, we think, you know, they're like putting their head down and crying and asking for their mama, you know, those things. Right, that's, that's, right. Not how it goes. Yeah. that's true. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Probably needed to be yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you, you had that happen. Um, and you were really the only one you said on that trip that had a shot at a deer. Yes. Yes. Nice. I think, uh, you know, a couple others had, uh, you know, distant encounters or glimpses of, you know, a few decent bucks, but it was definitely a very tough hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, late September, early October's, those can be fun. Yeah. It's hard to find them sometimes. Yeah. 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 yeah no doubt. No doubt. That was definitely the struggle the majority of the time for the majority of the hunters up there. Yeah. 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 So, so where'd you move on? What was your next state? Did you go, did you go back to Missouri or did you go to Kansas? Where'd you move from? from there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I live in Missouri, so, uh, I would have, hunted or not hunted most of October because I was building a shed. So, uh, you know, one of those life things I, I don't, I think I hunted like one day in October or something, but I built a nice shed, you know? So, uh, given, that was you know, given take. priority at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so my next hunt, you know, uh, with any type of, uh, consistency anyway, was, uh, first week of November went to Kansas, uh, for my first Kansas hunt where I, I went with a buddy of mine, Josh Trollinger, and, you know, we had a permission on a few small pieces of private ground, which was a lot of like, uh, hunting over feeders and, you know, fixed stands. Mm -hmm. There was definitely opportunities for other, but that's kind of the way that property, those properties are hunted. Uh, but then, there are there's lots of public ground around and i was able to find success on a nice piece of public ground uh my first time going on this particular piece of property and uh it was kind of like reading the map and the conditions and everything yeah. and classic uh what was i two miles i think deep on public ground oh nice, nice. did you uh utilize that program kansas has uh what the hell is that called weehaw yeah, where you sign up or you sign in or whatever you do, um, or was it just? Do they utilize that for all of their public ground, or is it just, um, like Missouri's MRAP program? Yeah, it's it's not technically public ground. It's just walk-in access. So the state of Kansas leases the ability for That's hunters right, right. to walk in only, no other alternative. Uh, methods of transportation or anything like that mm -hmm. and you have designated parking spots and uh 
that's that's what they do. They lease it for whatever, a few thousand dollars a year or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's similar to Missouri's MRAP program that they're trying to make trying more... to, to make work where it's private landowners, I guess you'd say donating their their land to public access walk in type of only set up and then they um they get to determine what that access is whether they want to allow you know deer hunting or whatever yeah fishing i I drove by one the other day that was uh scenic like you can go in there and take walks yeah nature nature walk nature whatever so nice are you going to get your kansas deer for us oh yeah (laughs) so we we spoiled this one but obviously you got it done in kansas yeah yeah uh the we were so we were there that first week in of november and kind of anticipated you know pretty hard but we also knew in the back of our mind that we would be able to go back like uh late thanksgiving weekend Mm -hmm. and uh came back so it was really tough conditions when we were out there it was real windy and real it was hot i mean it was like 65 70 degrees every day and nice that's awesome yeah wonder uh, that was a night he broke off almost an entire g3 didn't he yeah he's a fighter yeah there you go thick thick bases too Beautiful yeah deer. definitely yeah. He was a, he was a, well, he was 200 pounds dressed. Wow. That's a big deer, nice. man. Yeah. 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 He was, I mean, bigger than anything I'd ever killed or seen, I guess. Huh? So did you end up going, uh, you were like two miles deep on public, you said on that one? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, again, the just poor conditions all week long. Uh, 65, 70 degrees and no deer. I could, I mean, even just driving around during the day, you wouldn't see deer running across fields and everything consistently around there. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go over to, uh, a brand new piece. You know, I got to go somewhere new, right? I hunted a few places. I actually had an opportunity and shot at a buck at another piece of walking ground. Well, I don't know, 10 miles away or so. And my igniter uh, lighted knock broke. The knock broke when I shot. And it looked like a <laughs> wiffle ball slider. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen I, that happen had before. To, I had a little – I set up a blind on the edge of a field with a bunch of clumps of weeds, you know, and some milo that had fallen over. And from the ground, uh, you know, like you would kind of sit in the L, right? Mm-hmm lumbar locked and had my dreamy doe decoy out there and man he was coming right in perfect it was 25 yards and it was like right at last light but you know i could see him well you know it was out in the open and everything and uh put it on it and it's 25 yards and it felt great and i watched that thing whiffle like a slider out of there what at first were you like what the hell did it take yeah, did I, you did you not know you broke it, the knock it did not compute to me like what in the heck happened you know i thought i hit something that i didn't see <laughs> right but i knew there was nothing there you know and so i go over and i found my arrow stuck in the ground you know because it was lighted up for the whole country to see yeah right and 
Yeah, sure enough, the knock, one of the prongs of the knock broke off. Oh, well, that'd make me like be like, all right, this is my yeah. last time I'm using that. <laughs> yeah, I might uh, be switching knocks. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I'll take my odds again versus switching. I, that's a variable that I'm not willing Very to introduce low. either. Here, yeah. here it is. Yeah, just snap this that that one sucks. side off. That's crazy. Can you see it clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gone. That really sucks. It's like, what are the chances of that one doing that at that exact moment? Because it could have done it, you know, when you were shooting. I'm assuming you practice with your knocks at at, at times so that you know exactly how your bow's shooting. At least I Definitely. do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just like, why couldn't it have done this my last practice shot <laughs> before coming out here? Why did it have to be this shot, this exact shot? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. happens. It does. That's just the, the way it goes. I mean, sometimes your seasons go great and everything is kind of, you know, just falls into place. And yeah. other times, you you know, it's just not so easy. Animals have a will to survive that's uh, far greater than most humans, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that was your, your second attempt um, at a deer that year. So you had the, the one kind of um, – I guess you say get away in Wisconsin and then your knock broke on the second deer you pull back on. And at that, I mean, at that point where you just like, all right, okay. So this is how it's <laughs> going to start. This is how it's going to go. Um, uh, time to change my luck, you know, type of thing. And, uh, did you, did you stay in with, or not Wisconsin, Kansas or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was that the same hunt that you, yeah. you killed him on? Okay. It, it was, we stayed there and it was, uh, I don't know. We were there for a four day hunt, something like that. Gotcha. And, uh, so what happened with him? Were you, um, so did you do a lot of the hunting out of the, to kind of go back a little bit? I didn't ask this. This is your, what, your second year, really, um, maybe your third, second or third year using a saddle, correct? Uh, no, four or five years. Oh, like God. That. Damn. Okay. <laughs> way off it was way off um yeah i know the first time we talked to you you were already heavy in it um i think that's all you used uh so you're you're well versed in the saddle and that's almost running guns really basically the only way you hunt for the most part right so absolutely was it weird to kind of have that 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 private ground that you had access to have these stands set and just like, what do I, I mean, did you ever hunt out of one of them? Like, was it so weird that you just no. wouldn't do it? <laughs> You're like, uh, I no, see I the did, stand. I'm going to sit it. I'm going to climb up this tree though. <laughs> uh, the, I did one time and it was the first night, you know, we got there and barely had enough time to get out and go. And, uh, that was not going to happen again. Uh, I, uh, yeah, not good. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to go off on a tangent. But this show is full of them, right? Um, you know, we don't hunt out of saddles yet. You know, I, I like know I keep I, I keep putting it off, putting it off. And we've got a good friend of ours, Ethan McCabe, that is a saddle hunter now as well. And he keeps saying, "Dude, come over, try it I'll out. I'll show you how to use it. Yeah. Like, try it out." Uh, Ted, you need to just come to the KC side of the state and just make us climb a tree with you someday, and just show us what's up. Uh, cause it I keeps, will. it keeps intriguing me, but I, I keep going right back to, 
yeah, I'm just going to get in this stand right here. And Walk up this ladder real quick. Which, I mean, and oh, we're definitely man. in a different situation in our lives, too. Like, I've got two boys that are starting to hunt, like your daughter, um, which we'll get to later. And so I've put some strategic two-man stands in different places so that they can come with me and get up in a tree. Um, That's cool. And so I end up hunting out of those stands a lot, even when I'm by myself, because – they're there. That's They're- a tree I got ready, and it's you know it's a it's a spot I wanted it right. So, and I don't hunt a very big piece of property either. So there's a, there's a lot of weird things, but um, there's there's times where I'm like, man, I wish I was 15 yards that way right now, which typically is then me getting on the ground and moving over there. But it'd be really nice to be elevated. So you're gonna have to keep poking our sides to make us try one out sometime. Because I know I will. It's just matter of time. For sure. Yep. <laughs> For sure. And I will say, when when you're thinking that you wish you were over there, 85% of the time, I'm going to guess, you should be over there. It's a good, good portion right? of Right? There's time, a reason yeah. why you're thinking that, you know? Yeah. And I, so my frame of mind when I enter the timber, especially if I'm like, you know, if I'm locked in, I, I know I'm going to have a high probability of encountering deer in a favorable uh, situation that like let's say evening hunt for example then you know it's just you got to go in there and you're so locked in on all of the, the every, all of the environment everything the the wind the su- the angle of the sun the clouds uh the trees everything the trail which way the t- deer is going to be coming the thermals and what is going on with your scent cone at that very time and what will be going on with your scent cone three hours later or whatever, you right. know, so there's so many things that it dictates. I mean, that in itself uh, tells you that you sh- should have an open mind to every single possible tree in that area. <laughs> right. Or on the ground. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's like every situation, you know, dictates a different a potentially different uh ambush spot yeah yeah and i think there's a lot of um especially for me where my i guess morph morphing as a hunter isn't i'm not morphing into the saddle naturally yet i'm morphing more into ground hunting than i am like wanting that saddle and it's mostly because I need to do more hunting on some public around us. Um, the small piece of property that I hunt has such shitty trees. I mean, like hedge trees that like go all over the place. And my mind, like Kansas. no, in Missouri, <laughs> Missouri. Yeah. But, but like Kansas. Oh right? yeah. Like Kansas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just like in my mind, at least I'm sitting there going, how the hell would I even get into that with a saddle? I don't even know how I could climb it. Right. So then my mind goes, I'm, you're going to ground hunt. And you're going to figure out a way to get in here, slip in, and, uh, you know, have that encounter with that old deer that I told you about before recording or whatever. And But every time I'm in one of those situations, I then go, shit, it'd be really nice to be 15 feet up or even 10 feet up right now. You know, just to be able to see or have an advantage over what I'm giving myself right now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On, on my Kansas buck, I was, uh, I was probably seven, maybe eight feet off the ground. Yeah. I get, yeah. N- not very much. It's just enough though. Right. Like, yeah. 
that's where the that's where the shot lanes were. You know, that's like that's what you're looking at every time you go in. I'm looking at all that stuff, right? And yeah. You got to figure out the angle to where you think they're going to be, and what the foliage is like, and the uh, the limb lines, and the uh, you know, the like a dogwood has a certain type of canopy that's really difficult to shoot through. Right. Got to observe all that stuff and try to put yourself in the best position. Yeah. All right, so get into him. What uh, what was the setup there when you got into? Uh, uh... So yeah, that was uh, it's a piece of walking ground, and gotta remember the details here. What day was uh, it? what day was it of your it hunt? Was <laughs> November the sixth. So have you November hunted six three days or? Uh, it was. It would have been Saturday night. So we probably hunted like four, three or four days before that. Okay. Probably three and a half. So it was like towards almost the end of the trip. Yeah, we were leaving the next morning. Gotcha. Not hunting. So it was the last hunt, basically. Uh, so it was a like 30-mile-an-hour winds out of the south, and it was 70 degrees or whatever the hell it was. Uh, you know, just, the deer just were not moving. So I wanted to go to a whole different spot where I thought that there was gonna not going to be any pressure. You know what I mean? Because I – I, I saw some sign, you know, I mean, I was that where I shot at that other buck, I saw a four finger track. I mean, legit dude. Uh, and he was going all through there coming and going, mm-hmm. but it wasn't any time during daylight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Come to find out. Right. Right. Uh, but there was other guys in there, you know, and that's what happened. You know, I found out, found some sign later that showed that, you know, there was somebody in there. Uh, so but usually where there's a few people, there's a reason why they're there. You know, they drive around and see this huge buck. Yeah, I wish I would have laid eyes on him, but I didn't. But right. anyway, so uh, last evening, you know, I just had to switch it up to do something different and went to this whole new piece. And like I said, it was like 30 miles an hour out of the south. And this property was long south to north. And it was uh, it was landlocked on the east side. So it was public all around it and the east side and the north side, I guess were private, but only for a short stretch. And there was an old easement that went through there. So I pulled up in their driveway and these ladies pulled in and a truck kept flying behind me. And they were all like a bunch of girls going out for a weekend or something. It was crazy. <laughs> right. And, uh, so I, I asked him, if, you know, if I could uh, access the public on the backside of their private property. Like, oh yeah, go ahead. You know, it was, uh, oh, it was so can I fun. go ahead and hunt your and private then, too? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long of the short is that instead of walking in from the south, which would have been about a three quarter mile straight line, easy walk relative to what I did, which was coming in from the east, and I walked a mile and a half. Uh, and it was all thick, nasty stuff. I had to stay in cover because it was open a lot of it, you know. And uh, so, I, but I, I went to the extreme to put myself in the most favorable position at a bottleneck and a, t- uh, uh, a finger of timber. And, uh, you know, right before, like I said, I was about <laughs> seven or eight feet off the ground. And I had a primary scrape behind me and that kind of that, narrowest part of that timber was right at like you know a prime shooting spot 
target spot. That's where I thought that I was going to shoot him. And then just to the right of that, uh, so about my three o'clock or so, right? Oh, I'm going to guess it was probably, uh, you know, right at sunset, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit before sunset. Doe came out of bedding and the buck was right behind her. Had to make up my mind which side to commit to because I'm trying to film this, you know. And uh, on your own, right? So I get the, yeah, I'm on my own. Yep. Yes. Uh, so I get the camera turned around at my uh, six o'clock. So that's where I'm anticipating the shot to be. And I wheeled it all the way around uh, and I'm shooting off my weak side now, right? So I'm actually like, like this. And uh, right before the last possible lane, because they never stopped, you know, they were just on a, on a good, even pace, you know. Um, so anyway, right at the last lane, I stopped him and 25 yard shot, drilled him double lung. He bound off for, 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 uh, probably 30 yards, but not like a, not like a bound off that they do when you hit him with an expandable, you know, it was like a, almost like a controlled bound. And then I heard him just stop and (laughs) slow down or he slowed down and then stopped. And then uh, I never heard him or anything because come to find out all he did is just lay down. He laid down 70 yards from where I shot him and he just laid there. And it was like, he just laid there and kind of made the decision to, I'm done. You know, that I'm done. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, stop, stop running. Uh, just it's, it's over, Bob. Just lay down. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which exactly. sucks because then you don't uh, hear him crash, right? Like it's like, did you have any doubt, yeah. or were you like that was solid? I know I'm going to find him. I knew I drilled him, and I did get it on film. It was dark. He was in the dark, deep or like the timber. It was just really dark in that specific timber there for whatever reason. Uh, I guess it just was real thick. But uh, I knew that I drilled him good, and I did get uh, GoPro footage of it. Yeah. So he had walked out of the frame of the camera. But I did the GoPro was pointed in that direction, and I, you know, it got it. It's tough to see, but you can, uh, you know, the audio is sometimes just as telling. You know what I mean? And yeah, you can tell when you hit a rib in front of lung. You know, it kind of makes that that diaphragm. Uh, pop. Yep. Yeah, you can almost yeah. hear the air popping out of them. You know, like the balloon. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yep. yeah, that diaphragm is loud. Yeah. My daughter smoked the diaphragm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. We'll, we'll get to her story because hers comes towards the end of your year. But sometimes I wonder, like, maybe we teach our kids better than we are. You know, because my son was the same way. That kid, his first deer, his first deer ever was also with a crossbow this year. And, I mean, he hit that thing so hard, double lung, that, that I mean, that deer barely – moved before it died it's just like i wish i had that shot right right now i'd take that shot all day every day you know right and that kid's yeah. doing it on his first deer so that's anyway awesome. so that's kansas uh you know so you get on the board you're like all right see it's not all bad luck this, Th- this thing, worked <laughs> things are turning around <laughs> yeah and uh-huh. uh yeah yeah and um i'm assuming then you came home and started hunting in Missouri pretty heavily because sounds like the way you explain, you know, going up to Wisconsin, building your shed, and then also going to Kansas, you really hadn't hunted here then. 
by that time. That's correct. Yeah. So when did you first really start hunting at home? Uh, so even after I got back from Kansas, I, I don't remember. I was probably just, you know, uh, busy with work and whatever. I didn't, didn't have an opportunity to get out until much, uh, gosh, if I remember right, it was like November 9th, I think. So I guess it wasn't all that long, but, uh, my first time I see November 9th. So that's just before rifle opens in Missouri then this year, right? Wasn't yeah, it like but it was 13th, late this year. 13th or something this year, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, I killed my deer opening day of like rifle, so what day was that? I, I think it was November 13th. So right before. It, was it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it, yeah, it was not long before rifle season, that's for sure. Um, I went to this uh, piece of public not too far from me that uh, I hadn't been to at all, all year long. And, but I did, I think I did put some cameras, uh, <coughs> no, it's, no, I wasn't there. Uh, so yeah, I hunted this piece of public for the first time all year and hadn't been there at all. And then, uh, trying to remember the chronology here. Uh, so yeah, I went back to the spot where I had seen had a lot of deer in the past and including that year before. And I had a trail camera out there uh, where I had a lot of uh, lot of deer activity in November, a lot of running activity. And so I just kind of went in there with some, you know, historical knowledge and a plan that worked with the wind and the hopefully the thermals, which was the challenge. Uh, because it's the thermals there are very, very tricky, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh uh, but I, I found a spot where I was going to be able to observe a lot, but yet I felt like if there was one place a buck would come from, it would be this, which would end up ultimately being a layup if you read the script and just kind of walk in a straight line. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I just felt like, holy crap, you know what I mean? This doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Uh, like it, it went exactly how I, I wanted it to. There. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, which, yeah, I mean, that's happened before, but it doesn't happen in that type of scenario, you know, where you don't have knowledge of the, uh, you know, specific deer in a specific area or something. But anyway, uh, man, he was coming right in and I had the camera locked in where I knew I was going to get to shoot him. And I was, you know, had the GoPro on me and I'm ready. I'm just, poised and ready and there's a big tree with a huge vine wad right before my shooting lane that's going to give me the like the ultimate shooting you know uh drawing screen right and right before he gets to the edge of it he stopped and he turned basically 90 degrees uh but it was kind of at the edge of a uh inside corner on a field uh crp field and and so he turns and, and he's still going to give me this perfect, easy five o'clock shot. And I don't worry about the camera, uh, but I know the GoPro is, is going to capture this, mm-hmm. right? So GoPro captures it all. He comes right through there and I draw right when he's behind the last tree. He has no idea, you know, great, smooth, fluid, quiet draw. And he sets out into the opening and I tried to give it soft. And I think I was probably a little bit loud, but I ran. You know, and uh, 
he, and the reason why I was a little bit loud is because several deer before him just didn't hardly react. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So you formulate these trends in your mind, right? So I was getting louder and louder with it. So I was probably a little loud with it. And he, he stopped and he looked up, but I'm like 25 feet in that tree. Uh, he looked up like five, six feet and saw my stick. <laughs> that dude saw my stick. I had my aider wrapped around my stick. Uh, there's nothing flapping in there, nothing flapping at all. Right? right. I mean, it's solid and there's other limbs around it and everything. And that sucker looked at my stick and I'm, I'm at full draw at this point. And as soon as I start to, you know, the shot starts to break, he bolts out to the right and I basically caught flesh and, you know, stayed on the outside of the scapula. Yeah. Uh, and this flesh wound, decent blood, called in a dog again. <laughs> and the next morning, and this was a really good dog, really talented dog with a great track record of success. And uh, he, we, uh, we tracked that deer for two miles. Uh, I'm going to guess, yeah, something like that. And basically, it was like 200 yards of good blood, mm-hmm. and then it was 200 yards of uh, okay blood, and then it was 200 yards of spotty blood. And we, again, just uh, at the shot, he moved, and you know that I didn't have a chance of hitting your him. your shot and shot. your shot and his decision to take off were two separate things. Like he didn't jump. That coincided, yeah. Right, they just happened to coincide. Like if if he would have decided to take off after seeing your sticks half a second before that, your shot never even happens because you're watching him take off. But it just so happened that your shot and his decision to say, "See ya, I'm out of here," happened at the same time, and so uh, that happened. Yeah, that, that happened. one. That one. That one hurt. That was a good buck. That yeah. was a really good buck. Where'd you find the dog? Were you uh, Missouri Blood Trackers Association? Did you know somebody? How'd you find the dog? Yeah, he is active on Missouri Trackers Association, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't have known that. Uh, a, a good hunting buddy of mine that uh, always has very solid and credible insights, uh, he knows him. In fact, he knew the dog by name. So Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was pretty confident with that one, you know. Yeah. Right. It turned out to be accurate. Good yeah. guy, good dog. Good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think I'm more people need to think about that too, right? Like, uh, sounds like you didn't do a lot of stomping around. You backed out, found the dog. You know, I think a lot of folks, they wait too long to call for the dog. They, what do you call it, like, they grid do a, search. Yeah, they do a That's lot of grid searching, and, and, you know, they put their scent all throughout the timber and the in the woods, and then, then they call the dog. And not saying the dog can't still do it, but it certainly makes it harder for the dog because of all the different scents that are now just randomly in the in the woods. And, um, yeah, I think more – we had a – who was it? Your, uh, the dude that hunts in No Grove, he called the dog immediately. And, oh, David. Yeah, he recovered it. Uh, this yeah. year good good nice solid buck yep and he was worried about it and instead of doing a lot of craziness he he backed out found a uh, dog off the missouri blood trackers association 
uh, Facebook page, I think. They came down from a couple hours away or whatever it was or an hour and a half away and, and uh, found his deer. Yeah, they were able to find it, so yeah. it worked out. Yeah, it seems like the all of the uh, state tracking, you know, tracker uh, Facebook pages really just do a, an outstanding job. Like, it is – it's like a legit, well-run organization. Yeah. A uh, lot of private sector companies could learn a lot from them. Like. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. It was, so it was one of those son of a bitch again moments, right? Like, it it's yeah, happening it again. Was. The bad luck is back. But, uh, um, I know that that. Well, didn't... I don't really look at it as bad luck. I don't know. I think it's just you know that deer has a will to survive, and he saw my stick. He won that battle. No, he won that battle. There's I, no luck involved. I straight up he call that one that. badass luck. Like if if he would have just not looked at that damn stick a half second earlier, right? Like it would have been a different story, but. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it just happens. Been, but just, he did. <laughs> yeah, but he did. It's just hunting. He That's did. what it is. And he won. Yeah. Yeah, he, he won. won that one. And I want to. I, I want to win. I want to win more than I lose. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, some sting worse than others. And that one, you know, that kind of stung. Yeah. Yeah. I I get it, man. It's uh. There's definitely. Why not like a one like that, man? It just sucks because so many variables that could have led to you, you know, having a layup shot or not even getting a shot off right there all led to him and you making your decisions to do what you're going to do at the exact same moment. You know, I mean, just all these little things. I go back to, I don't know how much you listen to our show, but Mike is going to hate me bringing this up again. Oh my gosh. Our elk season, right? I need, I needed half a second to a second, longer to settle my pin on a bull at 20 yards and he bolted and Uh. ever ever since then i've been going back through my head where could i have gained that half second where in my you know cycle or doing what i was doing with my draw cycle could i have shaved half a second off to have gotten that shot off i can't find it but you know it doesn't stop me from analyzing every little thing so absolutely yeah, yeah i get it but you didn't give up, obviously, because we know you got a Missouri deer. So, what? Uh, that was like November 9th, you said. Yes, yes. And then my next opportunity at a deer was, uh, oh goodness, November. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Right. A few days after that, a week. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm going to get it straight here. So the next one I killed, I killed during our uh, rifle season with my bow. So it was, uh, well, during rifle season, whatever. That during was, that 10 period. It started the 13th, period. you said. Yeah, so I somewhere in between the, the 13th and the 23rd. 20th. I think it was the 20th, if I remember right. It was the second Saturday. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, the 20th. Uh, yeah, so just, you know, usually that's all I ever hunt is with a bow. Uh, even during rifle season. Mm-hmm. So I was on some uh, some ground here close to my house and I had permission to hunt. And, you know, I was ready to get some meat in the freezer for sure, more meat. And, you know, wasn't going to be all that picky with my rifle tag and a bow. And I killed a decent 10-pointer. Not, you know, not that big, but uh, it was a target of opportunity and got it all on film and everything and then posted it on the channel and uh 
Yeah, that was a good one. So it was good to get back on the board. And it's always good to uh, fill your rifle tag with an archery kill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of guys, well, like I, I'm one of them. I swore up and down I was taking my bow opening day. And at the last second, although there was peer pressure, there was definitely peer pressure. It wasn't for me. I wasn't here. It was definitely for Andy. Uh, to do like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna screw up. Cause I, I decided on opening day to go into a bunch of thick stuff, hoping that, you know, the pressure that they were going to receive, um, was going to help me. And the first thing I hear is, dude, he's going to walk through the thickest crap and you're going to sit there and, and bitch about not being able to shoot him with your bow because he was in there when you should, if you're just taking the gun, he, he's dead. And so, of course, I listened to everybody, and, um, of course, everybody knows the story. He, he got killed. But, um, oh, and he, he walked out he walked out into the one shooting lane that I had cut. So it would have been a chip shot with a bow, too, just so you know. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, like a hard draw. I get it. But um, So what happens, what happens mean, next yeah, well, during your season? Yeah, I, I know your kids right. had some success. Let's hear about that. Well, yeah, not before I had one more opportunity. Uh, so, oh, get that uh, archery tag filled, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so went to some public uh, around here. And it was, uh, gosh, I think it was December the 1st or something, early December. And with a buddy of mine and then uh, another buddy of ours who is just getting into hunting serious, right? He's just always been a you know, a couple weekends a year tree stand rifle hunter, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that, obviously, but he's just, it was like his second time out with my buddy and I uh, trying to like kick it up a notch, right? He got mm -hmm. saddled, getting in the, he's really getting into it, right? Uh, he's dropping rodeoing, you know, uh, doing the uh, uh, team roping, and he is going to get hard, he's getting hardcore into public land saddle hunting. Right. Nice. So anyway, uh, it's his first time out or second time out, one or the other. And we go three miles deep on public. My buddy and I have e-bikes. He's got a pedal master. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was, it was like 10 degrees that morning. It was cold as shit. And it was like 30 mile an hour wind. And so we get out there in that public and uh, I kind of directed him to an area and, uh, you know, told him to head over in that direction. And, I was just going to kind of work around and, and just kind of still hunt my way in that 31 hour went all the way around, came into this thicket and it was just money. Right. I mean, it was like, as like a transition between two thickets, it was kind of thinned out, uh, with some, uh, you know, thick or thinner trees real, real close together. So shooting lanes are real tough. Uh, but it's like super thick on either side. Like, you know, overgrown and shit. And man, I just got in there and it just felt right. You know, I mean, it was a favorable wind. It was between these two thickets. And I mean, it just. He just freaked. He just dropped. Mm. All right. We're going to pause this folks. Okay, folks, we're back. Uh, we dropped Ted somehow. Zoom screwed us. So um, you were talking, you just got to that that thicket with a bunch of small trees close together. And that's where we dropped you. Yeah. Yeah. Thicket on each side, uh, you know, kind of open, 
but yet, you know, a lot of small uh, diameter trees, uh, just no like weeds or undergrowth or anything. Um, so, I mean, I'm like, just got set up for like five minutes and here comes a doe and she's by herself and I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it's December the 1st and, uh, there's a high deer density there. So I know there's a high probability there's going to be a buck in tow. And sure enough, uh, I, she, when she got to, uh, 11 yards, right at my 11 o'clock, which is like prime, perfect, mm-hmm. minimal effort shot, you know, layup. And when she got to the opening, which is just after two trees to give you a chance to draw, albeit small, but they're there. Something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She, uh, when she got to the edge of them, she, she saw me, she looked up and saw me. Uh, but I didn't think it was that bad of a thing because I knew that there was going to be a buck behind her and he was going to stop when he got there also just because of her. Right. But it's never good because I think they leave these pheromones, you know what I mean? And, and I believe that that could have contributed to uh, what happened next, and which was so five minutes later, here comes the buck. Right. And I kept the camera rolling and I kept the camera pointed right at the spot where the doe stopped. Right. And I mean, I was just, bow in hand ready to go and uh it but it, earlier it was uh like i said it was like 30 mile an hour winds and i mean these, this little ass tree uh it knocked my bow fell out of the tree right oh I, I wasn't all totally situated yet you know what i mean and and my bow fell out of the tree i had to climb back down and get it and i gave it the visual inspection but it was still kind of dark you know what i mean yep um I didn't see that it had moved my sight tape a little bit and come to find out later, it also knocked off my first and third axis on my site. So oh, not a good shit. situation. Yeah. Uh, but it, I passed the initial uh, gray light visual inspection. And so uh, this deer, you know, he did exactly like he was right the head down the whole time, nose to the ground. And he got to the spot where the doe was and I, I'm at full draw. And when he got there, he looked right up at me. I'm like 14 feet high, uh, and I am not silhouetted. Uh, that you know, for that area where the for what we had, there was actually decent cover behind me and stuff. Uh-huh. And man, he looked right up at me. Uh, I think he smelled the pheromones from her, you know, in between her hooves uh, as she was alerted by seeing me. Uh, so as I shot, he ducked and I, uh, you know, I obviously shot high into the left and that's how I, my bow shot when I got home. Uh, so I'd knocked my first and third axis off and my sight tape was turned up to, I don't remember what it was now, 28 or oh, something so it, like that. It slid up was, your, uh, it slid up your sight tape, like your, your pin. Yeah. Uh, it turned my, uh, oh, dial. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you weren't hitting him no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's three bad things, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it was uh, – Did you yeah, think about just, like, hard, going man. the hell home when your bow fell out of the tree, though? <laughs> like, that's uh, – yeah, I get so cranky when small crap happens uh, to me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just like, I'm done. This day's screwed. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually – 
it's it's our own fault. Yeah, I mean that sucks. I I've luckily, man, I knock on wood. I don't think I've had a bow fall out of it. No, I take that back. I had a uh, oh what what do you call it? The stuff you pull up your bow with uh, rope. The rope, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had it called something else before, but it it the rope snapped halfway up when I was pulling my bow up one time, and, and the bow fell. And um, I don't think it did any damage to the bow, but it was it was still aggravating. It was one of those, okay, so this is how it's going to be today. Yep. Right, type I've, of days. I've had it happen, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it happens. Yep. But it all kind of like, uh, I mean, a jam-packed year, nonetheless, right? I mean, starting – Starting in late September, early October in Wisconsin, all the way through the beginning of December, I mean, you just had encounter after encounter after encounter, really, with some, you know, some deer. And then, um, I don't know, did you hunt a lot after December 1st? Because I know your daughter, um, she didn't get hers until January, correct? That's, yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't really hunt a whole lot uh, in December. It was... Yeah, I don't, nothing really sticks out about it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I went a few times, but I don't think I went at all after Christmas break. And mm-hmm. of course I had COVID at some point in that stretch too. And I hunted a few times, but, uh, you know, it was pretty minimal. And then every warm, you know, where nah, I wouldn't say warm stretch cause she's actually was doing pretty good about getting out there when it was, you know, chilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unless it was, you know, super freezing cold, she, you know, I did, I wouldn't take my daughter, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, who's seven, you know, she's now eight, but, uh, so, you know, she was close to eight at the time. Uh, but she was really kind of getting into it, you know, and we had been seeing some deer, you know, we planted a food plot up here. And so, you know, they were coming in once it started to get cold and uh, it, she was really starting to dig it, you know? And so we went several times. And, uh, she shot at a spike and she just got excited and pulled her shot, mm-hmm. uh, the haircut flesh wound to the back of the neck and a pretty funny video of this thing bucking around like a, like a, uh, bucking oh, bronco. I, I saw that video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I actually thought that was, that was a dope. Something else. Yeah. Yeah. Small little spike. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she, even how excited she was at just seeing that, you know, it was a, uh, was a cool experience for sure. Uh, but you know, we weren't able to get that one, but that really renewed her focus. And she was like even more intent about going and sure enough, like, I don't know, just a couple of nights after that. Uh, and she was probably on a cadence before that, where she would want to go once every other week or so, you know, basically since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the after that spike like two or three nights later she wanted to go again and so sure enough we uh uh we went out there when the the good southeast wind and it was it was pretty brisk and it was chilly it was the coldest that she had gone out i think it was like 30 degrees or something you know that at the in the evening hour there yeah and uh so we went up in this blind behind our house again and Sure enough, we're up there for like a half hour and nice little six pointer walks in and uh, she smoked and double lung diaphragm. You know, that's, you, it was a loud pop, you know, yeah. with the, 
crossbow at 400 feet per second. Dude, I was going to ask and, you, um, and I know you guys practice with the crossbow, right? I mean, I'm sure oh, she yeah. shot it. Did it still surprise you how freaking fast that thing was when she shot That's it at the deer? amazing. Dude, I could, it's amazing. I didn't even realize, like, my, my son pulled the trigger on his crossbow, and I'm just like, did the arrow come out? Because it yeah. was on that deer so quick and threw him that I'm just like, what just happened? And uh, I don't have lighted knocks on his crossbow. I don't know what you were doing with hers. That's something I'm going to change next year because I didn't see the bolt go through. I didn't see the bolt hit the deer. I I wasn't for sure. It, just because I wasn't ready in the field for that speed compared to you know our compounds that we shoot. And uh, I was just – did it the surprise you still out there when, when she pulled the trigger how just quick it was on that deer? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely, it's a lot different, right? I mean, a lot different. Uh, But it was still, you know, because she she hit her, you know, right in that long and it just created a large wound. I saw the wound more than anything. Uh But uh, more than anything, it really was the distinct diaphragm, you know, after. But, you know, it all added together. He still ended up running, gosh. At least 130, but I would guess 150 yards. Oh, wow. Dang. And, I mean, it was a bloodbath. Bloodbath. But, uh, yeah, he ran 150 yards, you know, at a kind of side hill, but with a gradual decline, you know. Yeah. Uh, I actually peeled off and while we were tracking, before we got on the blood and we're just, you know, going the direction that we thought that we knew the deer went, I peeled off and went down into the bottom because it's super, super steep. And I told Holly to stay there. You know what I mean? I did about a 10 minute loop of walk, you know, and of course it's getting dark and everything, uh, of searching for that deer. Cause I just assumed he would have went down low Yeah. and he, he did not, he continued the side hill. And so, uh, that was her first experience of standing in the woods by herself for, you know, 10 <laughs> minutes where I'm actually, you know, out of, uh, out of sight at the moment out of sight and even hearing would have been tough, you know? Uh, and, but she was cool with it. She had the GoPro on the whole time. And I just, I'm editing the video right now. And I just like last night watched that video of her and she's talking about, Oh my gosh, I got to pee. Cause she's so excited. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. And it's cold, you know? Oh man. Yeah. And then, so I, when I came back uh, and, and met back up with her, we, walked i don't know another 10 yards and found the bloodbath and and then uh so we start going up on it and it's probably like 15 yards away and i can see it and of course i don't say that i see it yeah and i you know i just keep kind of helping her track it you know and it's a bloodbath and uh but by that time it's flashlight you know for sure anyway uh so, you know, she's something, you know, about 10 yards away, she finally sees it. And she was all kinds of jacked up, excited. She was Kathy chatty. I mean, she wouldn't stop talking. That's awesome. And that's her yeah. first year. First year. Yeah. Very yeah. cool, man. How, what was that feeling ever. like, man? I mean, we both experienced that for the first time this year. So, you know, what – try to explain that. I mean, compare that to the it's biggest different. and best deer you've ever killed. It's just, it's so different and it's so different when it's your daughter, yeah. you know, uh, I, 
I don't know. It's just different, right? I mean, uh, I, being with my son, the first time he killed a deer was, was an awesome experience. And it is, it's right up there with, uh, you know, the biggest bucks that I've killed. Uh, but man, something a little bit different about your daughter doing it, especially at that young of an age and enjoying it that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like my I... oldest daughter, she, she enjoyed hunting. But not like that, you know. She was, she would go and she would have fun. But then, you know, she wasn't really like, Move saying, on, "Hey, yeah. let's go hunting again." You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where. Which like, is fine too. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, yeah. Whoever teach their own. Like everybody's got their. Like my daughter's fourteen now, and I want her so badly to want to go. Uh, but she she does not want to hunt. No care. And I'm just like, did, yeah. I, did I screw up somewhere? Like, did I, did I baby you too much or what? And I even like, hey, why don't you just come with me? You know, you don't even have to hunt. Why don't you just come with me sometime? And she's like, I will, but you're not going to like it. And I said, well, I would love it. I would love for you to go hunting with me. She goes, no, if I see a deer, I'm just going to scream at it. <laughs> you, you won't get to shoot him. I don't want you to shoot him. And I'm just like, okay, well, then you're not going hunting with me. <laughs> But it's just one of them deals like uh, I wish she would want to, and she's my only daughter. So, you know, maybe when she's in her 20s, she'll come around and decide she wants to try it out. You never know, but it is. The softball player, right? Yeah, she's a softball player, yep. And um, it's just you can't really compare it to your best deer ever, can you, really? It's, it's, just, it's just level of pride that is totally different than you feel for yourself when you accomplish something. When it's your child. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Son or daughter. I mean, obviously it's really cool that it's your daughter. Cause, um, it's, you know, that seems like, uh, we need to recruit more females into the outdoor game than we have at times. Well, and that and daughters just hold a special part in with your, their dads. It, yeah. Yeah. Your dad, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's awesome. So but looking forward to, and you said that, one, it is, that video is not out get yet. Them out there. Uh, right. The, uh, the one where she shot the spike and wounded it, you know, is, flesh wound. Yeah. That is, you know, and I posted that a couple of weeks ago and I've been a little bit slow in, uh, in my editing here lately. Um, but yeah, so her first harvest video will be, it'll be out within the week. Looking forward to that one. Nice. Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. and then you said your son also killed a, and this is your son who's in college now, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's in his uh, second semester of freshman year right now. So when he came home for Christmas break, he plays football, so he didn't get an opportunity to hunt very much in the fall, hardly at all. Um, and But then uh, he had gone a few times, and then we went up behind the house here again on January the 7th. And so, yeah, Holly killed hers on January 4th, and then TJ killed his on January 7th. Not to be, you know, nice. big brother, not to be outdone, right? <laughs> uh, and he killed his biggest buck ever. And, of course, it was with a bow. And uh, it was pretty dang cool. The, the way we had to get set up on this buck, I, I could not be in the tree with him. You know, I was only on a... Uh, you know, I was uh, filming, so I didn't have a bow. And I, yeah, there was just no way I could get up in that tree with him. Or it, we would have been spotted. And so I had to be 50 yards off of him. And 
when the deer came in, it was like, I don't know, 10 degrees. It was cold as shit. And my camera, um, you know, main camera battery died, right? As soon as I turned it on, it just died. And then, uh, my GoPro did the same exact thing. <laughs> and so I had to film this thing with my phone. And as it's starting to get dark, it's starting to get grainy. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but got it on film, him shooting his biggest buck ever. And uh, it crashes in sight. And it was awesome. It was about a 130-inch eight-pointer. Nice. That's I would get sweet. it out and show you, but it's at the taxidermist. That's a, that's a good three days for a dad right there. Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, because that was like what you said, January seventh. So he wasn't too far from going back to school, right? Right into yeah. like mid January when they go back. Usually, uh, I think he had to go back on the eleventh. So yeah, so you know, he was, was just really, days away. Really close. Yeah, what a what a nice way to like cap the season off too. You know, I mean, you had a full year of deer activity, whether it was you, you know, on deer and not quite making it happen or obviously killing some awesome deer and then having your two kids um, or two of your kids have uh success really the best years they've ever had. Right now she got her first deer. She'll never forget that as long as she lives. And then, uh, you know, your son killing the biggest buck he's ever killed, you know, together within three days of each other has got, got to kind of like put the icing on the top of the cake for you more than anything. You know, it was a, one of them years that was full of stuff, and then you got to finish it off with their their stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very memorable year. Epic year. Nice. Man, I mean, when when we decided we wanted to do something with you, I didn't know which way to go. I'm like, I mean, you had so many things happen that I almost just wanted to hear all the, the different things you had go on and just kind of catch up with you. And, um, you know, I, I – uh, I know each story was kind of really quick and, you know, Cliff's Notes version of everything, but it just kind of goes to show the listeners, you know, you you can, man, you can have stuff happen from a deer hunting perspective from the beginning season of the season all the way through the end if you really want to. You know, it's it's honestly about the, uh, your drive to want to have a season. You know, what do you want to make this season B, do you want to just stay in Missouri and hunt? Cool. Do you want to experience other states? Is it possible? It is, right? I mean, uh, you've hunted all kinds of different states in your life, and um, this is the first time you've been in multiple states outside of Missouri in a while. But um, it's not, you know, the average person can do this too. I mean, that's that's all we are, and it's a. Uh, kind of a testament to be able to do all that stuff and you still f- hold down a full-time job right i mean this isn't you know you're not a, a professional a full-time hunter you you have an actual job where you still have to go to work every day and you're still able to do these things right yeah absolutely yeah. and you know it's uh part of the territory you know <laughs> the places enough. i hunt are typically going to be part of my territory yeah, which is nice, right? So for work, you yeah. have to go there anyways. Very nice. So is that but why Montana you... next year won't be? So <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say. So is that why you don't have like you know California and uh, you know some other states as part of your territory because there's no deer there to really. I mean, there's deer there, but none to really mess with. 
Where would you yeah, hunt? Well, would you hunt in like I, Northern I California, like basically? I'm not yeah, sure. blacktail. Yeah, yeah they got blacktail. That... I think they're more north than they are south, right? I would guess so. Uh, I believe. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's a uh, that's cool year, man. I mean, I we kept up with you all year on Instagram and our social media, and I, you know, I watch your your YouTube, and um, it seemed like to me, at least, every time I saw something that you did. It was another deer, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, man, freaking Ted killed like 17 deer this year, dude. Like every time I'm watching this stuff, there's like another deer on the ground. And of course, you know, I, I see other people's stuff too. So I'm not always remembering exactly what I'm seeing, but I just, I told Mike, I'm like, we haven't talked to Ted in a while and he killed like 47 deer this year. Like so we, we got to talk to him. Let's talk about <laughs> like, it. It just <laughs> seems like every time I'm turning on his stuff, there's another, another thing going on. So what a what an awesome year and uh it's just i don't know what else what else do you have to say to cap it off no just uh, awesome year definitely and uh, you know from my own perspective you know outside of uh the success of my kids and friends and all that stuff uh you know it, there was a lot of things that i learned right yeah and every time you have an encounter with a good buck, uh, there's something to be learned, you you know, when it's successful or when it's not and everything in between, there's always something to learn from it. Yeah. And that knowledge is priceless, right? That's kind of like the, uh, uh, the currency of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. The more experiences you have, the smarter you get. And then again, it gives you more experiences, you know, the, the, the smarter you get, the the more you're going to get on bucks, and then the more you're going to learn there, and then the more you're going to, you know, it's kind of like a snowball starting to run, roll down the hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger with your ability to kind of learn from those experiences. Yeah, yeah. Your your big buck encounters grow exponentially, right? Yeah. That's a perfect, like, perfect lesson for maybe a, a newer hunter that is struggling to, let's say, kill a kill a buck or whatnot with even with their bow let's say even if you let's say screwed the pooch on like five bucks this year all that was was five learning of learning chances for you to bring that into next year and you know if if you if you look at those like you're saying ted as learning experiences and not failures kind of like we termed the coin uh earlier failure quote unquote it's just a, a chance to learn and get better at your craft. You know, there's there's no such thing as failure, kind of like you said earlier. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But every time you, it happens, you sleep a little less, you know, a little lighter. You know, <laughs> don't have to don't have to tell pleasant, me preaching the choir. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Micah, you know, Micah is like really great at letting stuff just kind of beat off his back. It's like water off a yeah. duck's back. He yeah. is, dude. I, I envy. <laughs> I envy a lot about like the way you handle things because he could have like four deer just and he'd just be like, man, it is what it is. I'll learn from it and get better. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm going to jump off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I wish I could do that, too. I mean, shit. What, what is it? Six and a half months later, I'm still talking about that. Bull. Yeah. Every once in a while, he'll still text me about that. dude. remember when we had that bull and I needed half a second? I'm like, dude, I I haven't even thought about that. It's over. You can't do nothing about. It. <laughs> right. You can't do nothing about it now. 
now we're talking about next year, next yeah. season. So. Oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, and he's – You guys going out west this year? We plan to. Plan yeah. to, yeah. Yep. Uh, putting in for a couple different states. I mean, really, more than anything, just buying points again because we're kind of behind the eight ball in a few states. So, we'll be buying points. And then I'm assuming we're going to end up back in OTC units, which is fine. And uh, planning on it. Hopefully, this year doesn't get screwed up by COVID. I'm, I'm about done with that. Dude. The last two years we've had in Colorado, they've both been messed with by COVID. And uh, mm. I'm, I'm ready for 2022 to not have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice yeah. when it's all over. Yeah. So. I mean, the data is there. The data is obvious. Come on, everybody. Let's go. Yep. Let's, let's get exactly. back to life. Let's do it. Thank yep. you. Ted, dude, congrats on an awesome season. And uh, thanks for coming on and kind of sharing your story. Before we hop off, though, where can people see these awesome videos, especially, you know, or your daughter's video, I probably shouldn't have said her name, on uh, within the next week, about about the time this show comes out, you, people will be able to see that video. So um, where can people check out your stuff? Yeah, Hunted Ted on the YouTube channel, Hunted Ted on Instagram, and just Ted Bright on Facebook. Awesome. We will tag you also in those things. But, man, congrats. Thanks, fellas. Tell your daughter congrats for us. And your son. I and tell your son that. congrats for us. Yeah. Uh, tell him to keep uh, – how's, how's football going for him? Is he liking it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's grinding right now. You know, they're, yeah. it's all about weights, running, and who's getting in shape and impressing the coaches. And yep. he seems to be doing a good job of that. So, good. hopefully he gets a shot in spring ball and he can show what he, what he can do because, uh, you know, he could certainly – uh, he can compete at this level, I think. So awesome! Be exciting to see. Very cool. Well, tell them both congrats for us, and uh, congrats to you as well on on some awesome deer and awesome stories. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you later, man. Until next time. Thanks, fellas. Right. See ya. All righty, that's it, y'all. That's it, and that's all. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nice. I'm getting a little slap. At a little I'm pretty. Like, I'm tired, bud. Why are you tired? You work hard today. I did. It's just it was a hectic, it was a hectic day. People get nervous before storms, so you know. Yeah, I had to run. Had to do a bunch of running around. So when you're tired, does that make you say stupid shit? Like yeah, do? yeah, pretty much. Well, at least we know now. Yeah, that's it. That's what makes me. That's what makes me do it. So I'm you got sure some dumbass dad joke for us? No, no, that's not my. That's not my yeah, forte. Not no, not mine either. So no, we we need Andy back for that stuff. Awesome show tonight. Yeah, thank, uh, thank you, Ted. You really get, honestly, you get like six mini Tales of the Chase episodes in today's episode. Yeah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot to unfold in this one. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. I, Dude, I really Just, didn't know which way to go with this show today. Yeah, we didn't. We you didn't know, really. I'm like, man, we could talk about like one singular trip, one singular right. story, get really in detail, which we still could probably do at some point. Or just, you know, catch up with them, you know, because we haven't had them on since episode 26. Right. You know, you feel like it was just the other day, but, you know, that was a long time ago at this point. That was over a year ago, wasn't it? Had Dude, to it have was been. Episode 26, so it was, well, I bet it was, you know, a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah. And it uh, feels like it was just yesterday, but, you know, you end up catching up and just listening to his story. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy. You know, if you're not following him on any of the social stuff, definitely go check him out. Check out his YouTube. Puts out a lot of good Good stuff out there. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, 
You want to go to bed? I do. I'm All right. Gonna try to get I'll home. let you leave. I appreciate that. See ya. Try to get home before it starts snowing. Yeah. Later. See ya. Thank you.